Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Guess what, Tuttle? Here on Bleacher Blums, it is the UIL 6A State Championship medal. Right in front of your faces. Nice. Boom. My daughter, who plays for Seven Lakes High School Volleyball in the Texas State Championship against Klein, who is another Houston school, by the way, came away with the win. They are state 6A champions in volleyball. The first volleyball championship here in the Katy School District to Seven Lakes. So we applaud them. I applaud my daughter and I applaud everybody in there. We got to go up to Dallas where they played in a place called Garland, Texas. And I got to witness while the entire state of California is in shutdown, I got to go with a thousand of my best Seven Lakes friends and fans and watch our daughters uh, accomplished something that they'll be talking about for a while. They've had parade. They've been honored by city council. And I just honestly, personally, selfishly, uh, one thing I was talking about with my daughter as she's going through this process of, of winning again, and yes, we are the house of champions, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is when they, when they put the banner up, I cannot wait until they roll that banner down and it says 2020 you know, Texas State 6A Volleyball Champions. So I, I feel like a champion this week. Tuttle, how are you doing? Awesome. I'm doing great. I mean, I always feel like a champion, but I think you have more reason to feel like a champion. And I will <laughs> say when they roll that banner down, there will be no asterisk there. You know, it's not, they played their good full one. season. And the other thing I was going to say is it must be nice. I mean, obviously you're raising four uh, beautiful young ladies in your household, but it must be really nice to have somebody else with the Blum uh, surname uh, kind of raise a championship banner and live vicariously yeah. through others. Because as you know, leaving tickets for the world series and, you know, having people like, yeah, no Blum sat next to me in second grade and yeah, they won the world <laughs> series. Like, you know, you, you experienced it from the athlete's perspective, but now as a proud Papa, I'm sure, um, I'm sure it's a different experience and a very fulfilling experience, if nothing else. No, it finally was fulfilling. And, you know, the hardest part about it, and I, and I want your perspective on this too, because you've played uh, collegiately, professionally, we've all had big games. We've all, we've all imagined being in a, in a position to win a title. And, and no matter if it's in, you know, high school 1A, all the way to the big leagues in a World Series, you know, if you're playing in a championship pressure type situation, I always, and I, and I always thought this, but I didn't, it didn't really come to realization until I watched my daughter take the court, you know, in a regional semifinal game. And I went, good Lord, I wish I was down there instead of up here watching this whole thing because the hands are off and all you're doing is, Oh, please, dear God, just let my daughter make the play kind of thing. Instead of, you know, I hate being the one like, don't let her screw up. Cause I don't mind the screw up, but I'm just, I've always been like, just let her play as well as she can. If she makes a mistake, Hey, but it was a nerve wracking sensation to be sitting up there going, just stay patient, just be calm. It's okay. Just watch your kid play the game. When I, I, and I've told parents that are sitting around me, they're like, how are you, they're like, this is nothing for you. I'm like, are you kidding me? I am losing it right now <laughs> because I would much rather be on the court than in the stands. 
Yeah, you, you hit on the kind of the, the crux of it, which is I think we always wanted some sort of as an athlete and doing it over the years, you always wanted some way to influence the outcome, whether that be good or bad. And, you know, hopefully most coaches that you've had over the time said, look, you have the ability, be confident. And if you make a mistake, make it at full speed, you know, don't make the mistake kind of like tiptoeing through the daisies. Those are the words think, right there. Be aggressive, full speed. I yeah. like it. Full speed. And if you make a mistake, that's fine. And I'm trying to um, instill the same qualities in my children, especially my daughter, who um, <clears throat> seems to have an athletic gene, at least to some capacity. But I think you're right. I think it's definitely easier to now that my daughters are, you know, out doing things, whether they're performing. I told you my son's a great pianist. Mm-hmm. Like when he performs a recital in front of, you know, 200 people, it's the same thing. Like I know nothing about piano, but I would rather go up there and like try and affect the outcome. <laughs> so, you know, we can relate it to sports, but I think it's definitely mm-hmm. um, the, the mentality that I have. And it sounds like you do as well Is I would much rather be involved, um, you know, on the court in the, uh, in the, I guess in the arena, right. The man in the arena. Yeah. No, 100%. It's much better to be on the on the court, on the field, and trying to ha- have an effect on the outcome. Unfortunately, this one turned out our way. And it's obviously Christmas time because I've got my Bleacher Blum Santa hat on that uh, Ram Shirts nice. has hooked us up with. And I'm, I'm going to sit here, and because this is the Bleacher Blum's podcast, and I am a co-host with you, Tuttle, and this is usually my standard setup, I can sit here and go, look at all the wrapping paper I've got out and all the wrapping I've been doing. Hasn't it been amazing how I've played Santa this year? <laughs> well you oh, still have two weeks i will give ram shirts a plug and i was going to tell you this before but i did not tell you this off air i was going to but look what i got in the mail this what? week my friend <laughs> what what a t- your what name is on a good. shirt you are showtime now yeah all right hey go. it's been good hosting this with you <laughs> i hope that you have all the success in your podcast what will tuttle say yeah got my own shirt <laughs> i'm just course, glad i could enable this and uh, good luck in the future man i'm wearing this thing around town and people are like who the hell is tuttle <laughs> i'm like you want to know what i'll say yeah they're i got gonna, something to say about it That's what you need to tell yeah yeah you know what ricky said ricky Ricky, tuttle, Ricky tuttle, can tuttle. run fast, and he likes to hit leadoff home runs, you know? So. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. Good yeah, for yeah. you. You've earned it. You, it. It took 101 episodes to, to get it. That's right. Well, you know, it's funny. The way we got connected with Ram Shirts at the beginning and Mark in general was that uh, he was listening to the podcast and had kind of put out a you know, a mock-up of the shirt, and I just was blown away. And I said, well, I, you know, I still need one after 100 episodes. I might as well get one of these things, and we don't have to make a little paper sign that says what will Tuttle say. There is a little uh, there is a little thing on the back, do you think? Yes, get yeah. off my lawn. Yeah, Put your shopping cart away. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So not just a plug for Ram shirts. but I'm proud of you um, right now. Man, this has been yeah. a great week for me. Yeah, there you go. Your state championship and Tuttle got his own Podcast shirt. He's gonna, got his own shirt he's, now. He's out of the nest. Yes, he is. Fly. Fly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is outstanding. So Ram Ram shirts hooking us up, and uh, and we're yeah. obviously really thankful. And um, you know, just another kind of. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my t-shirt wardrobe now. I definitely, I mean, we have so many shirts. I know we do, dude. It's, out it's of like these are just. I have a podcast shirt pile, you know, and then my dress mm-hmm. shirts, and you know, it's just this. I know it's uh, so during the season we wear suits all the time. This is our this is our podcasting suit. Is, is we yeah, have several varieties of it now. 
And who knows if we'll ever get back to, uh, you know, back to podcasting suits. I don't know. So, oh man. So there's not a ton on the uh, horizon, but the other topic du jour uh, that we did touch on was, so this week, um, because baseball has kind of taken a backseat and I guess uh, there's some, I don't know, the NBA is now starting the preseason, which I can't believe. Do they even have an off season? I have no idea. And that COVID thing is still kind of um, right under the surface with them. But uh, last weekend, Sunday, I woke up and I got my I have two fantasy football lineups and I've got them all organized and I'm on Yahoo, like the Yahoo sports fantasy. And I'm I got my quarterback in and I'm like, I got them all. And I'm, oh, yes, Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown. I got him. Aaron Rodgers threw three touchdown passes. I get in there to find out that out of 10 teams in the league at six and seven, I finished eighth in the league based on points scored. And I wasn't playing, wasn't playing at all. I'm not in the consolation Not even in games, the first round. Not even in the first round. Like there's two guys that have buys. It up. Then there's the next. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm out. You'll get nothing so, in like it. That's right. You'll get nothing in like that's it. Impressive. So, but you're yeah, all in, man. A, I mean, that's a proactive GM right there. You're, you're honing your skills. Where was I <laughs> weeks one through five then? I needed to be honing my skills then. <laughs> So I, I am just, uh, I, I just had to throw that out there that I, this is a typical, I think we'll just chalk it up to COVID. I keep talking about the asterisk, but I mean, I had no idea that I wasn't in the fantasy football playoffs and this, for some reason, things had settled down and I found my groove finally in week you were 14 in. and I was out. I'm going to so. take the title. Yeah. And you're in the you're in the sixth seat, I believe. You were in oh, there, but you know, dude, I snuck in there under under the wire, and I had everybody underperform last week except for two guys, and I I was like, okay, I'm good. I'll Richard Nixon this thing and get out of your way and let everybody else go win. And I, and I dude, I woke up and it, today I think it was today. It's a trans transactions have processed. I'm like, who cares? And I haven't set my lineup yet. And it's like, you're playing so-and-so for fifth place. I'm like, bro, man, I don't care. I don't care. Etch, etch out the first place uh, championship on the medal and put fifth yeah. place and be like, yeah, I'm going to wear a fifth place medal around. Yeah, that's that's how yeah, I'm going to turn it into a tape measure and make, you know, freaking kid me, man. What a that's loser. Funny. Yeah. And it just keeps, hey. I mean, I made it, but then I keep falling right back. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Fifth place is better than eighth place where I finished up. And it was, yeah, a, it was a rude like, do I get my transact? Do I get my transaction fees waived? Cause I think it's like 300 bucks. <laughs> you were, you were weighing the transactions a lot more than I was. I did less to save money to what come in eighth. I mean, next year I'm going all in, I'm going to put a payroll together. I'm going to have a bankroll and I'm going to like have a budget in there and I'm going to spend this much every week and watch mm-hmm. out because we got 360 days till I'm back oh, at man. it again in fantasy football. And dear God, please make it a different situation as far as COVID's concerned. Because I mean, yeah. wouldn't it, it was? I mean, it was hard. It was hard to believe. I mean, all the injuries that happened. I mean, we've gone a full season without like you know three of the first five picks in our draft. I think due to injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's to be understood. <clears throat> I we said it many podcasts ago that the injuries, especially in the NFL, were probably going to be a little more prevalent because of the you know the high velocity and the contact that they have, but. For me personally, from a fantasy standpoint, forget those guys that get injured on the field. I, I don't care about those guys. No, uh, for me, it kind it's of the pop up COVID very, test. That's right. It was the indicative of the COVID thing. I mean, I was like, I, I had James Conner start a couple of weeks ago and had mm-hmm. no idea that he was on the COVID restricted list. Had another guy that popped up on that one day, and then they were all week. I followed him whether he's going to be eligible. Nope, COVID list. And you're like, I mean, 
like I said, the asterisk should be moves. COVID, but it was, yeah. Then, then, then you don't have anybody to add anyway, because everybody's already been added and transacted and anyway. So I just, it was a frustrating year from a fantasy perspective. I will take uh, at least 50% of the responsibility that I might not have been all in every week, <laughs> but, uh, but it was frustrating. And, you know, congratulations on your, your goal or your quest to get fifth place. I'll be rooting for you this weekend. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm sure there'll be a lot of fanfare by the end of the summer, taking home the fifth spot. Cha-ching. Uh, but we are, we're, we're grateful to be on uh, the Social Notion Network. Uh, it's been unbelievable. I don't know if you've been tracking it on YouTube, but I've, I've looked at it a couple of times. We're getting close. I think the last show got over 20,000 views on YouTube. So we appreciate everybody who's going to YouTube and subscribing to the Social Notion Network and watching. And obviously, we really appreciate everybody who's been with us since day one on the podcast, you know, side of it, where you're listening to the audio on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and things like that. So we greatly appreciate that. And we also appreciate the fact that we have a sponsor in uh, WSM CBD. I know that uh, I need to hook up Tuttle because the salve he used is now gone and we need to replenish that. So we need to get on that real quick, but make sure you go to WSMCBD.com. And the reason I want you to do that right now is because if you're listening to this podcast, you are hearing that they are giving 30% off orders right now up until Christmas. So make sure you get out there and order a very good, very quality farm to farm to shelf CBD. They don't put anything else in there except extracting the purest CBD and putting it out there for you. So we greatly appreciate World's Strongest Man CBD. I just feel like I have to say it in my buff, my buff voice when I say World's Strongest Man CBD. But uh, Tuttle, world's we, strongest man, CBD. It doesn't sound the same. World's strongest man. We're gonna get yeah. ripped for being like be anti-feminine or something. No, no, it's, it's world's strongest man and women. That's right, world's strongest man. <laughs> but uh, we communicate a little bit throughout the course uh, of the week, and I sent, I, I got, I read an article. Was it yesterday? I sent it to you. I think it was yesterday, two days ago. Mm. It was yeah, a couple of days ago. ago. If we're being specific, it was a couple days ago. About yeah. the so a couple days ago. And uh, it was an article written by Bob Nightingale of the USA Today. Now, you either like him or you deal with him, but some of his articles can be rather interesting. And I'm going to talk about his article because there was a couple of quotes in there that I read uh, regarding Major League Baseball and the start of next season. And immediately when I read the headline, I had to read the article and I just, I, I didn't lose it, but I got extremely frustrated because it basically said that a couple of owners came out. One of them said there isn't a, a snowball chance in hell that the season starts on time. And I went, what? I go, how is that even a thought here in December when you're trying, you're having your virtual winter meetings, you're trying to sign free agents, everything's trying to iron itself out. Vaccines are coming out for God's sakes. Uh, everybody's getting this vaccine. So there's hope on the horizon. And as there is hope on the horizon, we get this comment. So I was kind of surprised and I read a little bit uh, more down in the article. Let me move this back a little bit. But to have 162 games and start spring training at the normal time without players being vaccinated, that's just crazy. Does Arizona and Florida, with their cases spiking, really want teams with about 125 people in each organization coming to town without vaccines? I want to stop right there. During the summer, when they were playing these 60 games, guess what was going on? People were coming to Arizona with uh, vaccines, without vaccines. And, and things were spiking. And they had protocol in place to deal with it, and they did the best they could, and it worked. Yeah. 
The American League owner also requested anonymity, but said, I don't see any way spring training starts in February. Zero chance of that. I don't care if we play 140, 120, or 80 games. We have to make sure everyone is safe to do this right. So did they do it wrong previously? I mean, this thing fired me up so much, and I don't know how much of the article you read, but what was your first reaction when you read something like that after everything we've gone through? Well, you already said we just tolerate Bob Nightingale. No, I mean he obviously has the uh, he has he has sources, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I think maybe the the subtle difference with what you're saying is that there is some um, some changes on the horizon. The vaccine before there was no option for the vaccine, and so even in the tone of the article, I could see where we now have new information. But the mm-hmm. way he wrote it definitely comes across like, hey, they were making all these mistakes before and now we have a new way forward. I don't think really we have a new way forward. And <clears throat> the NFL actually came out. I don't know where I hear this stuff. It just sticks in my head. But they basically said um, our lovely commissioner there, uh, Roger Goodell, said that we are not going to jump the line. We're not jumping the line in front of the folks that we typically thank for this podcast. We're not jumping healthcare workers frontline mm-hmm. workers, um, those that uh, need it with immu- underlying immuno- conditions, yeah. immunocompromised. Exactly. We're yeah. not going to jump the line so that we can have our players in a bubble. And I would think that the NF or the uh, major league baseball would do the same thing, at least show courtesy. Now, maybe behind the scene. That's another really good point. That's an angle where you're saying, put our guys in front of everybody else. And I, I agree with you. Don't yeah. that, that's how I done. interpret it. That yeah. was my gut reaction. Like, look, I heard Roger Goodell say this and he gets a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't know, bad pub regarding that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why can't baseball, I mean, at least the owners come together and say, yeah, you know, we did the best we could with what we had early on. And now we have this vaccine. And so maybe that's why we're transitioning to something different. But you would think that the owners are saying there's no way we can have a full spring training. There's no way we can have a 162 game season is kind of counterintuitive or contradictory to what we always hear the owners say yeah. in football. Again, we like, hey, no, we want the regular season to expand and we want the, uh, you know, we want the preseason to, <laughs> postseason and all that yeah, yeah. postseason. Yeah. I mean, they want more revenue typically. So yeah, I, I don't know what Bob's intent was and maybe he was just reporting the facts, but I do think that there was a little tenor of, um, you know, we did it wrong before and there's just no way now we have this ability to do it right. Uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, it's a different year. It's a different situation. And basketball is getting started again. And now we do have the vaccine. Personally, we talk about our kids at school. Sorry to keep talking. Um, go, go. Our kids at school are, you know, I'm thinking like even after Christmas, this isn't going to be like, all right, we're all back to normal all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. maybe summer, like July and August, something like that, you're going to start mm-hmm. seeing the the benefits of the vaccine and the antibodies built up and you know there might be some sort of trickle back to what we consider to be normal so i i you know i don't know what his intent was by doing that and i'm sure you have some further thoughts on it yeah well i would encourage everybody to go and read evan drellich's article in the athletic i don't know if you had a chance to do that but he did a very good job of building off this article and actually keeping it a little more uh non-bias and explaining both sides and getting through that and uh, so if that that's maybe the other side of it that gives a little more player perspective and it gives an owner perspective. And then it gives just, you know, like you said, a little more of a non-political idea of what's going on and actually put, you know, the, the, the put the, put the game on the back burner and just focus on the issues. And of course, it, it leads itself to to more uh, more issues between owners and players. Um, but a quick quote from Tori Lovello, an ex-teammate of mine in AAA. 
Uh, Tori Lovello, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, said, knowing what I know about last season, I feel that the 2021 season can be played in full. I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I'm just proud of everyone in the industry from top to bottom, made that adjustment and made it work. We got to the finish line and uh, they got a world champion at the end of 2020. They want to explore all the best possible options to get a full schedule. So he, I think that's where the idea kind of meshes with what you're thinking about reading that previous article is, is saying that we, we, we shouldn't function in a, vac in a vaccinated world. We can function in a COVID world. And why don't we continue to do that until the vaccine is available? Now, the thing about that is, is that the protocols are there, but the protocols are there without fans. That's the underlying issue, because if you're a player, why do you play? Love of the game. Okay, I get that. Right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, they want their money. They want their full paycheck. Because the second you say you're not going to play 162 games, you're saying we are not going to pay you your full paycheck. And that sends off buzzers in the player's head. Owners, on the other hand, don't want to play if they don't have a full uh, or the ability to, to fill a stadium because that's income for them, too. So you kind of understand both sides. But as an owner, pl having played under under COVID rules and then watching the NFL, watching the NCAA, watching uh, college basketball startup, watching NBA startup immediately. And the NBA, as a matter of fact, looked at the NFL and looked at Major League Baseball and went, hey, they're traveling. That's cool. We want to do that, too. So I think they anticipate traveling. So how do you in, in watching and understanding what you've already done and seeing that, how do you come out and say, nope, we're not going to play without the vaccine? I don't get that. I don't either. And, and, you know, I mean, again, Bob Nightingale has his own sources and maybe even his own motivation, but, you know, we've heard this before in other sports. Uh, sometimes you go to the owner to get some sort of comment that's, you know, these guys are really, I mean, very wealthy guys and there are very few owners like a Bob Kraft or, uh, you know, uh, that's the one that comes to mind, Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, that, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Jones, that are kind of the, you know. right. That, that are kind of the face of the franchise. Well, Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. But he, he's the one that hired Tony La Russa out, you know, out from <laughs> under everybody else. And so my point is they live in ivory towers very often. I mean, they're powerful businessmen. Many of them don't know football. And my point with Robert Kraft is he, he at least seems to have a finger on the pulse. He hires good people. He lets them do their job. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf, not so sure. We watched, uh, you know, yeah. the the uh, Michael Jordan documentary, and then we watched uh, some other things with uh, Jerry Jones, and we know Jerry Jones has struggled until he gave up like full GM rights many years ago. <laughs> when he first bought the team, he struggled because he kept, yeah. you know, meddling, and he was going to try and do this, and I want this guy to be the quarterback, and Artie Marino, and I mean, there's so many different examples of guys that have been successful in one realm trying to do something else. So I think you know, whatever Bob Nightingale's source or motivation was going to a rich old white guy, for lack of a better word, to get a some sort of True. thought on something that's not really um, affecting them or influencing them is, is, you know, I mean, it's fodder for discussion, but I'm not so sure that that was the, you know, that's the end all be all. I mean, so there are a lot more people in the know that are thinking, all right, yeah. this is how we got to get this problem solved. Yeah. And hopefully they do. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want this podcast to be, you know, negative Nancy or anything like that, but it just kind of shocked me that with so much hope going on and the enjoyment of sport and getting through a 2020 season that they would actually come out and say that. And to your point, even make it more about, the, you know, their industry as opposed to other industries that need this vaccination more than others. But uh, I'm with you in the sense that by the end of summer, we may be getting a little more fan involvement, which would be a fantastic thing. 
And, uh, you know, speaking of fan involvement, I think, you know, we'll, we're going to hit on the Indians. This one's a little bit more of a tough, tougher, maybe touchier uh, subject. And it's something that we saw in the NFL. Uh, we've seen it in collegiate sports. Uh, I don't know the specifics, but I know that there's plenty of uh, universities out there that have changed names. But, uh, you know, most notably is the Washington football team is no longer the Redskins. Now, I get that because that is a legitimate direct quote to somebody's skin tone. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so it kind of and it also encompasses, you know, the Native American uh, you know, people. And I get that. But the Indians, on the other hand, were, have always been I don't know if they've always been because I, I read an article that said, you know, they had issues in the 70s with the name. And then I believe somebody filed a lawsuit maybe in 1999 and they just kind of went, yeah, we're going to be the Indians. It's OK. And then finally, we saw I think it was la 2019 when they eliminated uh, the chief Wahoo from their hats, that logo, the uh, the mm -hmm. character of an Indian. Yeah. And they just went to the straight sea. And and now we have the name will officially disappear, but it won't disappear uh, this season in 2021, it will be evaluated and chosen to be a different name in 2022, from what I understand. And uh, I, I, my, my feelings, I'm again, I'm not, I don't have Native American in my blood. I don't, and you know, there's no teams out there called the, you know, called the, uh, you know, the San Antonio Swedes or the Minnesota Viking. Well, yeah, there are Vikings, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, there's nothing out there that I can really relate to. So I don't, I can't offer an opinion on that, but for me, teams, teams that were other than the Redskins that were named after native American, like Indians, the Braves, the Seminoles, things like that. I always saw a naming of a sport team as, as a respectful, honorable, brave, courageous type thing. So that Indians name will no longer be, uh brave there's Cleveland. another one you always thought yeah. it was an honorable thing the atlanta braves so there braves. you go yeah that might I mean, be changing it, it, eventually yeah <laughs> i mean they're they're pl the plight of their people is tragic i totally i totally get that and agree with it you know yeah. you, we've taken their land we've pushed them under reservations and now we're taking their names mm -hmm. off teams so you know it feels like it's just I, take 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 instead of honoring them maybe the way they should and maybe that's not on a baseball uniform no i was gonna get myself in hot water here but i will anyway so um <clears throat> Well, you're already, you book, want everybody off your lawn. Yeah, there you go. The book I'm reading <laughs> is called the, um, this is a guy I uh, heard ab about on Joe Rogan, The Parasitic Mind, How Infectious Ideas Are Killing Common Sense. And mm -hmm. it's not it's not an easy, smooth read, but I'll give Gad Sad, a, that's the author. He's a um, Lebanese immigrant, a Jewish Lebanese immigrant, uh, teaches at a university in Toronto, in Canada. But to your point, I mean, it's not for us to judge whether Indian's offensive or Redskin or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes we have to take ourselves out of like, I mean, they've been the Cleveland Indians for 700 years. I mean, not really, but for 105 years, it's fine to, to change the name. Years, yeah. But we make such a big deal about it. Like if they were called the Chief Wahoos, it would be different. But now, oh, I mean, absolutely. if we keep slippery slope, and I'm not trying to sound like a Second Amendment guy, if we take the Indians and we take the Redskins, then the Cowboys, like somebody's going to get offended at the Cowboys eventually. Mm -hmm. Well, they should be the Dallas, I don't know, the Cowboys. Like, you know, I, that might be offensive to someone at some point. I just, mm -hmm. I don't know where it starts and where it stops. And as you said, this isn't fair in the sense that I'm not, uh, I'm not oh qualified gosh. to be offended or yeah. not, but there are some things that when we go to common sense, like, What's the baseball team in your town called? It's the Cleveland Indians. It's always been the Cleveland Indians. Okay, great. 
and and that should be where it stops, right? I don't think um, I don't think it has to be much deeper than that. And obviously, it is, and it's important um, to some. But uh, I, I just well, think- I just yeah, I would hope that fans. I mean, I don't I don't feel like fans have used it in a derogatory way. I don't think Cleveland intends for it to be a derogatory. Right descriptor uh, you mm-hmm. know i i don't i don't know but I, no it, that's it, what it i mean intent yeah. intent is sometimes and that's why i'm saying eventually somebody will find um a fence with cowboys or packers you know um yeah, well, you know people cow- that work at the packing plant i don't want to be a catch- so yeah. i don't know i mean yeah no i'm that. just saying I mean, we're packers you can right? make a connect like 38 different ways yeah so, yeah anyway so but, you don't want to offend the packers well, I'm just saying if somebody works in a packing plant and Green Bay is famous for that, but they're like, hey, that's a blue collar menial job. And, I, you know, I was a packer. My grandpa was a packer. But, you know, I, I just don't think we, we need to, you know, let's yeah. not bring attention to that. I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I just don't I don't know where it kind of stops and what you know, who's on that bandwagon to get rid of that. As you said, the Redskins, the Indians. I mean, if we just take it all out, then that's fine. Let's take it all out. Let's come up with new names and we'll start from scratch. I'm okay with that. And I think I said that before, like we're not qualified no, to say, Oh, we're offended or not offended, but we talked about this way back when. Uh-huh. Um, on Cause we talked podcast. about it with the Washington football team. I right. mean, that, if it, you know, it's a marketing uh, opportunity. Bingo. That's what we said. And I still think yeah. they should let's, let's have it up to vote, like what they want the name change to be. And let's mm-hmm. have a contest and the winner of the contest gets something and, you know, lifetime season tickets and, you know, and everybody gets to contribute. And I, I think that would, I mean, we did, I already brought up Green Bay, but we talk about being a, a privately held organization and their mm-hmm. shareholders, the fans Good are point. like, talk about bringing a big city together, right? Like, like Washington, <laughs> DC, or, um, or in this case, Cleveland, where they have diehard sports fans that could really get, you know, get a hold into this contest of renaming their team. So again, uh, I'm not here to say whether they should or they shouldn't do it. I I do want to be careful of being too, um, I don't know, social justice ish in the sense that if it's not offending anybody, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think, as you said, and we said on podcasts, maybe 50 podcasts ago, like this would be a marketing opportunity you know i hope they i hope they nail it but it is kind of interesting they're going to wait a year to do it it is but think about the minor leagues i know you didn't spend nearly as much time uh there as i did but the uh the minor leagues they would always do that you know thousand fans they would have first fans and they would have like naming things and contests Mm -hmm. and you had the enoli paridis enoli cannoli shirt this year like (laughs) that's right i mean every minor league they were trying to do anything they could to have, Hey, we're having, you know, anoli cannoli, you know, uh, night at the ballpark or whatever. They were trying all kinds of things, doing that on the big league level with a name Creativity. change would just be, yeah, it'd just be fantastic. It would be hopefully something good does turn from it. And I hope that, uh, you know, everybody is comfortable with it when they move forward. Uh, I know that they've got a couple of, of names in the history uh, of the organization that they may go back to, which would be kind of interesting to bring back to, or hope, maybe they do go out and uh, kind of pull the fan base and say, Hey, what would you like to hear, hear this guy's uh, called? But something happened uh, just before we came on this podcast that I am actually not, I'm shocked it's taken so long, but uh, in this day and age where there is a lot of more social awareness and consciousness uh, Major League Baseball finally is acknowledging the Negro League as a as an equal to Major League Baseball in the sense that their stats will now qualify from 1920 to 1948 
in Major League Baseball stat books, which therefore opens him up to the Hall of Fame and other accolades like that. So finally, that happened because it was as a broadcaster now and as a player, you know, you recognize greats in the in the history of the game and everybody knew Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson and a lot of these guys. But now being on the broadcast side and we actually get to do a, a Negro League game. And so we've learned more about some of these guys that played and we hear, you know, now it used to be legend. Now it's legit. So I'm kind of excited to, to hear more of these names come out. But I think it's a good move by Major League Baseball to finally, dear God, finally recognize some of these guys who would have, probably would have put up similar or better numbers in the big leagues from 1920 to 1948 in the Negro leagues. Yeah. I don't know if the same qualification happens for the Japan leagues, but we have talked on this podcast about um, Ichiro's uh, hitting prowess and how many hits he actually great, has in professional great, uh, baseball. Conversion. I mean, why not count these guys who were basically excluded based on skin color from, from the statistics. It's not like they didn't play or they didn't have statistics over there. Yeah. Um, in the Negro Leagues. The other thing that jumped at, uh, out to me when you started bringing this up, because I read that article this morning as well, or the, the headline, is that, um, you know, if that's the case, then we could all we could look there for some of the names as well. Like if something, you know, not to be offensive or unoffensive, but just, hey, if these are like um, <clears throat> part of the lore of baseball and now it's an accepted thing, why not like go to the city and see what the Negro League team was and maybe you know, in Cleveland, for example, they could take that name and oh, use that man. moniker. And, you know, you kind of a double whammy and people will be you super happy it. about that. Yeah. Problem solved. What will Tuttle say? Well, that's where we're at. Because, I mean, I can't top that. That is a hell of a way to finish it, man. If Cleveland had their wits about them, they would bring, if there was a local team or the nearest team to them in the Negro Leagues, man, why not name them that? That's right. That leads us to. What will Tuttle say? <laughs> I like I said, it. only wearing this on the podcast. The guys at my gym are not happy to see a shirt that says "What'll Tuttle say?" He says all kinds of shit. That's what they say. He says all kinds <laughs> exactly. of stuff. We don't. We don't. Want, we don't like listen who to, him to that guy, anyways. <laughs> um, so what'll Tuttle say is today uh, just about Sarah Fuller, and I, I was going to throw that back to you as well because you mm -hmm. have four daughters, and we touched on the uh, at the outset of the podcast on the fact that your daughter just won uh, the state championship in volleyball. Um, and three other daughters on the uh, on the the JV team working their way to varsity, which will your one daughter Mia sets the precedent, and now they all got to follow suit. So the the shoes are big. But Sarah Fuller, who was an outstanding Division One soccer player uh, at Vanderbilt University, became the third woman in general in FBS history, or not FBS, FCS, or whatever it goes uh, in football, college football, to uh, play in a game. Uh, the first one ever to score a point in a, in a power five conference game. And I just think if nothing else, like I'm not going to talk about her accolades or that she was an all American in soccer and a hard worker and all these fantastic things that um, if nothing else, we talked about fatherhood on here, having two daughters and you have four daughters, just a fantastic example um, that's been set similar to watching team USA soccer, the women's soccer play um, a couple summers ago. I was just really mm -hmm. um, intrigued. And I know I've been on this podcast a little critical of Jessica Mendoza in terms of listening to her on a broadcast and it doesn't hit my ears correctly. I've never diminished her knowledge or diminished the fact that she's good at what she does. It just never really sat right. But for some reason, this sits right with me. And I think it's a really good um, example that our daughters will have the opportunity to go, look, you really can. I mean, you can't do anything, but you really can. Uh, make a way for yourself 
um, if you so choose. And I think it was just fantastic that the coach gave her an opportunity and that she was willing to do it and that, it, you know, it all happened. But I think it's kind of a, you know, it's a milestone for, for young yeah. women to see that, Hey, look, um, you know, she wasn't playing middle linebacker, <laughs> and, yeah. but, but she was on a football field with, uh, with her equals in terms of athletic ability and, uh, and mm -hmm. was able to contribute to, uh, to a team that's actually not doing really well. Yeah, well, it, she definitely brought uh, so, you know a light to a to a team who was not having a very good season, and uh, it was kind of interesting that whole situation. Just being a father of girls, and we talked about uh, Ing becoming the GM down in Miami, and how we nice. we applauded that. And I talked about how my girls actually sent me the link to the article announcing her being hired as the first female GM in baseball. So we were all super stoked about that. And then Sarah Fuller goes out there and plays in a division one football game that uh, in a, in a big time conference. And, you know, I was shocked to hear people try and downgrade it or berate it and say, Oh, it was for the worst team in the, in the FCS. It was a 32 yard pooch. Dude, I don't, it is so much more than what actually just happened like physically on the field. First of all, she right. earned the right to get on there. If there was somebody else better than her, I would imagine that coach wouldn't have allowed her to get out there. It wasn't a publicity stunt. It was an opportunity. And he put her out there and she did what she was supposed to do. She did what she was coached to do. And, I, I, you know, it was kind of interesting after the game, the coach even said, you know, I didn't want to overwhelm her with coaching on what, you know, and trying to make her something she wasn't at the time. If you had this, if you had this player, female or male, you could coach them for five or six months. And yes, she would probably kick it further than the 32 yards the first kick went. But she just got, you know, she's in the middle of a soccer season. She comes off the soccer field, puts on a football uniform, pressure, yelling, right. craziness, you know, and all this. And she still went out there and performed and had a great message. Uh, so I can't imagine being somebody that breaks through a barrier like that. But I agree with you in the sense that it does kind of give hope to those girls to say, hey, you know, you, you can excel, you can be great at what you're doing, but there might be another opportunity out there because of how hard you worked and, uh, you know, and your mentality too, because there's a lot of mentality that goes with the athleticism on these people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you just touched on something fantastic, which is the mentality of being the person, like the first person, which mm. I mean, whether it be Jackie Robinson or, um, you know, somebody like Sarah Fuller in a power five conference and all of these other barriers that have been broken. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly something that we talked about wanting to be in the arena versus watching our kids perform. But I don't know if I <laughs> yeah. want to be the first dude in the arena, right? Like, uh, yeah, seriously, that's a good point. <laughs> I will, I will lighten the mood a little bit because one of my favorite Phil Nevin stories that he told. So Phil, hello, you get some pub on the Bleacher Blums podcast. Was when um, when he started at Fullerton, uh, they had a football team, so they got rid of the football team a couple years later. But he'll tell yeah. you the story. Um, Phil was a kicker he'll tell you the story of going to Miami. They were the, they were the podunks that go get beat up by Miami. I think they lost like 55 to three. I mean, I got to go look it up or 48 to three, but Phil mm -hmm. kicked like a 55 yard field goal in the orange bowl is the only points that Fullerton scored. And it kind of makes me think of Sarah Fuller, obviously breaking the, <clears throat> um, the barrier of the power five conference and scoring a point. I mean, Vanderbilt's like an 0 and 7 team and they're playing better teams and all that. But, you know, I mean, you, you got to have good players on the field to, uh, you know, to, like you said, hard work pays off and the other team is out there. So she did her mm -hmm. job and, and certainly did a, um, did a great service for, for dads like us and our daughters, because she set a great example. And, you know, Phil may or may not be thankful to get into the podcast, but that when he told that story, <laughs> it's so funny. He tells it, 
you know, like he's in this big crowded place and Miami's got all the guys, yeah. that, you know, they were ranked number one in the country. There's probably more pressure on that up. one kick because, yeah, because the circumstances, man. That's right. You don't want to be the zero or the bagel. And he just he yeah. boomed a long one in there, which, you know, if you know Phil, then it was probably well, pretty they're easy. They're desperate for, for points if you're making him kick from 55 yards. Yeah, right. But he also probably didn't, he wasn't too nervous. He didn't have a whole lot, you know, like going on up there. He was like, what do I have to do? Just go out there and nah, kick the ball okay. through? Okay, nah. got it. Here we go. <laughs> anyway. True. So, True. So both those situations, obviously pressure filled, but had to had to tell that story. I thought that was a funny story. And then, and really, again, kudos to Sarah and um, and setting a great example for us. So that's all I got. Do you have a blast today, Blummer, or what? My, yeah, I do. My blast is actually going to be... Where's I'm, your blast shirt, brother? Huh? Where's your bleacher? Um, where's your Blum, Blum's blast shirt? <laughs> Uh, just kidding yeah yeah <laughs> i don't have one yet i'm not knowing mark up. knowing mark i'll have one at your house like in a, two days like for the next three minutes into this podcast be like damn it here it is <laughs> yeah he's good uh so my blast is something i want to so hope man i feel like we're really diving into hope these days and i was out walking my dog which didn't give me much hope because it's an absolute train wreck i, I walk my dog like this you know, it just tugs me everywhere. And I mean, it has ADD or something because it's just squirrel, bird, leaf. Bah! But anyways, I'm walking after reading this article that we talked about previously in baseball. And I'm just going, dude, are you seriously going to tell me that I can't work again this season? Because it's going to I, I, I want to work. I want to watch the game and I want to do this. And it made me think, what what else would I want to do? I mean, it's it's one thing to go out there and work, which I know America. A crap ton of people in America want to do well I've been playing a lot of golf I'm just saying <laughs> okay but at the same time I'm thinking about events man like we know people want to go to sporting events so I was like concert be... that's I was just going to ask you what would be the All one right. thing and I asked myself the same question I'll ask you it right now you already answered it but what is the one thing that you would want to do when we get back to full strength yeah. there's that dog I'm talking about well, Ooh. you know, Blummer, I appreciate you asking. And obviously people can tell that we didn't con uh, converge in the green room since I just blurted out answers yeah. to something I didn't know you were going to ask. But uh, I, I don't know if concerts at the top of the list, but certainly like a social gathering of some sort, whether it be mm -hmm. like you, you want to go to work. So saying go to a baseball and game. Different parts different. of the country are going to be different. Like L.A. probably yeah. just wants to go out and have a meal. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I will say this. So two days from now, we were supposed to be in Vegas for a soccer tournament for my daughter. And I have some mm -hmm. cachet at some hotels there. So we had a, like a, you know, a nice little fountain room in the Bellagio. And I was like, instead of staying at the team hotel, I was like, hey, we're going to go to the Bellagio. We'll go in a day early. We'll stay a day late. So we'll good. take the kids to all the restaurants, you know, maybe get a little dinner, a little nightlife, you know, mm -hmm. all the good stuff. But uh <laughs> But I, we, I canceled that trip, obviously, a week ago. And I think not. it's not like Vegas, baby. But that that is something where I feel oh, like, you know, we know fun. it's Right. We know it's an adult oh. playground and you're taking yourself out of the situation. When this is normal or like you said, when we're back to normal, that will make me feel like, look, you're at a blackjack table with no mask on. You're eating at a five-star restaurant by one of the top chefs in the world, you know, flying fish mm -hmm. in from Italy, whatever it is. That will be the moment where you know, you'll be like, guess what? We've got, you know, the vaccine took hold. We're, we're less concerned about being contagious or getting um, COVID from others. And, and, you know, I'll be having a drink by the pool in Las Vegas would be kind of. Okay. That's a good one. That's a really right. good one. And I'm a little concerned about your gambling problem, but whatever. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> 
no, but that, 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 but that's where the imagination goes, man. And that's what I kind of want to stir up with everybody listening yeah. or watching this is just let that imagination go for a little bit. Take, take a couple minutes out of the day and just be like, Oh my gosh, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. You know, pick a, pick a concert. Cause I, the first thing like you probably when you're working out, listening to me, you want like the, the, the emotion and the, the, the exhilaration of being in a concert for me is, is a lot of fun. I enjoy yeah. that. You know, I love feeling, you know, the, the, the base of the, you know, drum hitting me <laughs> in the chest and just, you know, that, that yeah. feeling and that sensation. So, you know, I'm I, getting I too old for that. that. That makes me feel like I'm having a heart attack, but I, I I'm oh. with you. I know. Well, I go in with earplugs. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Huh? <laughs> so that's why I have to feel it. But, you know, being, being in a little bit of a pit and pushing around a little bit and feeling that vibe from everybody having a good time, uh, sporting, sporting event I wrote down. How about movie? I mean, I, oh. I've been to one movie in the last year and it was, it, I didn't even go to watch the movie. I just took the kids because they opened it up for like a week and we were like, we're going to the movies. And we sat down and, you know, did the studio grill. Uh, another one is restaurant, you know, and not having to sit outside 15 feet away from anybody. And actually, like you said, sitting down at a meal and enjoying the camaraderie of the people around you. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, yeah. And then vacation. Oh, I mean, I would, I would love to just pick a spot and, and not have to, you know, bring a sheet of paper that says I tested negative. Can I come to your house or come to your city? Yeah. You know? Uh, so yeah. yeah. Vacation's but, uh, a good one. I mean, thing. maybe I incorporated everything like restaurants, Vegas, vacation, yeah. all into one thing. But vacation is one. Addie and I are just, my wife and I are talking right now about the fact that we're not doing anything for Christmas. My mom won't even come down. Yeah. She already had COVID, but she's not coming down. It's like, all right. So we're going to be in the house with everyone for two weeks. You know, we were trying. The zoo was open. The San Diego Zoo was open for a while. Okay. Um, and of course, the beaches are always open in California. But I have a feeling I may come out of Christmas vacation with a tan. I mean, and we were just going to go down to the beach just to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully soon within the next, oh man, six months, like you're saying, June, July, we can actually go peek our heads out and have something. But uh, it yeah. gave me a lot, it gave me a lot of fodder and a lot of fun to, to, to be walking the trail and take me off of me, you know, dislocating my shoulder as my dog is walking me to think about, you know, what concert would I go to? What restaurant would I go to? Would I even, you know, what city would I visit first and things like that. So what we try and do on this podcast is just kind of nurture that thought and uh get everybody's minds reeling we enjoy having you with us and make sure you get to tuttle at real david tuttle on twitter or instagram and let them know where you would go uh and you can get to me at blummer 27 both on instagram and on twitter let us know your you know where would you go first or what would you do first when this whole thing lets loose and we're able to get out and have some fun uh but we are grateful for you being on here we are grateful for the for the frontline workers who are getting the vaccines uh, frontline workers, frontline essential workers. Uh, we appreciate everything you're doing. And of course, our military and first responders, we are grateful for everything you do. And because the man has his own t-shirt, you're going to close this thing out. There you go. All right. So just geek it solutions. Thanks so much, Jake over there. we got Ram shirts, uh, always on the, in the, in the, in the mix. Yeah, and the swag for the little, little Tuttle say shirt. And, um, and of course, world's strongest man, CBD being our title sponsor. We should have it Instead of calling it our title sponsor, World's Strongest Man, we should call it the uh, World's Strongest Man Podcast Studios. I heard that was someone like, hey, oh, there you go. Our, like studios are, our studios are far apart, but they need to send Ooh. us a banner or a poster and we'll put it Dude, up. I'll hang that thing over my jersey in a heartbeat, man. Let's go. There you go. We're in the World's Strongest Man CBD Studios. But, uh, but anyway, my brain yeah. works now because I'm old. I got to take a note. <laughs> 
but we're really thankful for everyone again first line first respond first line responders frontline responders uh military across the world but we encourage you during the holiday season especially since you're going to be locked in your house with each other to find a way to get after it and believe it <laughs>